Are we recording? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Initially. plan was and I'm gonna do this throughout next to try time. and trick me into saying yeah, terrible yeah. things yeah. <laughs> basically I was planning on starting the podcast like a minute or two early before you'd realise and asking you just like a really terrible question weird question <laughs> but I didn't know how you'd ever like I didn't how you subtly yeah, do it to make you admit something that you otherwise wouldn't have admitted but it just did not work at all but I'll try again next week and I sounds think good by then you will have forgotten <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll just slip something really subtle in like <laughs> what'd you do that's weird this week <laughs> you ever stuck your finger in a guy's butt yeah. <laughs> um, oh, welcome listeners uh, to Taboo's podcast with Joey and Tom two average blokes uh, opinions on stuff um, talk to me Tom I actually had a lot of trouble remembering that acronym <laughs> why <laughs> because I keep on like I get I always say, like, what do you mistake it as? Like, two average guys talking about shit or. No, like, tag, tag Tass is not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I just have no concept of actually remembering exactly what the name is. So people are like, oh, you got a podcast. Like, what's it called? I'm like, taboos. Like, what does that stand for? I'm like, two. Wait, people. But most people I've told it to, which is three. Yeah. Um, well, oh, sorry, we should start by welcoming our second listener this week. Hi Ben, how are you? <laughs> in true in true Ben form, he's already taking the social media doing our promo work for us, which is which is the idea, right? I think every week we should start by like saying hello to Celebrity our new listeners. listeners. Well, listener. not okay. just all our listeners at this stage, like we can welcome them both to the podcast. That's true. That's true. And if by some miracle uh, into the future, we're talking maybe a month, two months, a year, two mm. years into the future, you're tracking back on this episode and you're a new listener. Feel free to just. Say hello. Yeah. In any way, in any way you can. Maybe, but, maybe this podcast will be four hours long now and the first three hours are just us saying hello to all our listeners. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> but then again, that reaches a bell curve situation where the, the more popular are, the less oh, popular there, there is a threshold point where we have to eventually <laughs> stop. So listeners, tell us your threshold. Is it spawn <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds? Stop. But most anyone I've told the name of the podcast to doesn't immediately think that it stands for something. Oh, really? Um, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. Every well, the two people I've told it to, they're like taboos. What? What's like why taboos? I'm yeah, like, right. Because oh, you're talking about weird stuff, right? What are you into? Weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you think... weird bits and pieces? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but no, it's but so far our two listeners. We've had one late night shift worker. Yeah, yeah, and my old house. I think that's just because literally nothing else was on yeah. the radio or or um, anything, any other entertainment whatsoever. And then we got my old housemate who just has nothing on. Right, who's that? <laughs> ben. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have two listeners. Hey, just like, how are you not keeping there's track? Six, <laughs> there's six words in our name. How are you not keeping track? There are two listeners. <laughs> You know them both. Okay. We've eliminated the first one. Hey, we're How did other. you not understand the second? You're wrong though. We've also got a third listener oh. uh, who's a celebrity listener in the house. Angus, oh, our first member of a live audience. My housemate Angus is uh, making dinner and <laughs> pumpkin soup. <laughs> pumpkin soup. 
And, How exciting. Uh, he doesn't have a choice in the matter, so we'll call him an um, involuntary listener. Our first guest, our first live guest. We'll be bringing him in for a five-minute segment, uh, Speed Round, um, later in the show, but... Um, He's sponsoring the lollies for that. Oh. Well done. <laughs> you can come back to your house. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, what's going on? Um, not much. Had a pretty fun weekend. Yeah. We had your house party, your yeah. housewarming. Yeah, that was, was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. How did it go for you? Um, successful. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Hey, what way would you measure the success of a house party? I didn't lose any friends. You didn't lose any... Did you lose any shit? Did people flog anything? Um, PB flogged something, but I don't think we lost it. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think that was, I think that was my success. Yeah, uh, we yeah. Had a very successful housemate. So the third housemate, she was the most successful. She was the most successful, was she? She was. In fact, I might have lost some friends because she could turn out to should, date one of should, my guy should, friends. Should we be can... airing her dirty laundry without no. her knowledge on a oh. soon-to-be-famous podcast? Don't worry, this will air in four years. It'll be fine. <laughs> but she could steal one of my friends because she could date one of them, and I might never see them again. So well, she could steal one of. Three of your friends yeah, couldn't cheat. Yeah, it's like a like it's like that game show where you um The Bachelor. I was gonna say it's like that game show where you like blind guess you meet three blind dates and you gotta pick one, but she met all of them. Perfect match. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But she met all of them. Oh. Yeah. And has she has she intimated her preference of the three? She has not. No. So she's keeping it's her just, options open yeah, at this point. It's, it's killing me. I need to know. <gasps> Is she coming home tonight? Yeah, we'll get her. Okay, good. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get her. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. good. But no, it's a pretty good house party. Um, the place still looks pretty shit, shitty, but um, no one really did anything horrible. That you know of? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like there could have been people doing terrible things up in the back corner of the backyard where it's nice and dark that you might have no idea of. Did you do something horrible in the backyard? In I didn't. The worst thing I did in the backyard was play beer pong. With, not- with an unfair advantage because I was not smashed drunk like every other participant in the game. Right, that's not... So I won like four games of beer pong in a row. Good, yeah. good. That's not mildly bad though. Mm. But, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm pretty good. A bit sneaky. I'm very well behaved. Yeah. No, yeah, good good times though. Um, yeah? It sort of took up the whole weekend though. Saturday was just spent, you know, planning it and then Sunday was just cleaning up from it. But yeah. For those sweet, sweet periods in the middle, then yeah, good fun. Yeah, sweet, nice. Mm. Mm. So, out of out of your house party, did you get any good stories of anybody making drunken mistakes or? Um, not PB is looking quite quite ominous here. Sterling, what did he do? Put a hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry, so somebody's put a well, hole in the wall during your party. Speci- but... To be more specific, Sterling's head put a hole in the wall. Really? Not Sterling. How did he do it? With his head. Yeah, but like... <laughs> under uh, what circumstances did somebody put their head through the wall? He, he dove into it. I don't know what... Oh, so it was intentional. Was... Uh, I don't think so. It was too low to be intentional. Not Sterling versus the wall? He was either limboing really, really well, or st- he fell over. It was Sterling versus the floor. Oh, so Sterling versus the floor. Feet... feet the wall. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but apart from that, nothing really stupid, apart from me trying to talk to the cops at 2am. Oh. Uh, that was kind of dumb. But we got away with it. So, so you survived? Yeah. So did they shut the party down, the cops? Or did they just say, 
Like, what was their suggestion? They're pretty nice about it. (laughs) Their suggestion. Yes. Because the police, of all things, are known to make suggestions, not not orders. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just my problem that I take them as suggestions. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's all in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't tell me I had to go to jail, you just suggested it. So the worst thing that you had at your party was that somebody put their head through a wall. Yeah. Correct. That's still pretty bad. That was some bad dance moves, but I wouldn't call it bad. Yeah, fair enough. But Um, no, I've like Did you hear of anything bad that happened? Not um, at my house party as a whole, but I heard about some people making some bad decisions at your party. Oh yeah. That uh, could come back to haunt them in the future. Did Did you get evidence of them? No, I don't snoop around seeking out evidence of my friends' indiscretions. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I've, like, I like, definitely heard about people spewing in taxis and things like that on their way home. Uh, as long as it's on the way home, that's a responsible thing to do. But actually, this is probably a good point. So tonight is our State of Origin special. We're recording this in the hour before Game 2 of State of Origin, the big decider. And one of us... Uh, probably cares a little bit more than the other. Yeah, well, <laughs> about this game. <laughs> so, I, I'm a pretty big rugby league fan. Grew up with rugby league. Grew up in a small country town where rugby league was king. And I actually That's used to they, be. They, they prey on rugby league. Preys on small towns. They're not Catholic priests. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if prey is the verb you would well, use. Well, if there's too many of them to like have a decent discussion about it and say, do we really want to follow this sport? It seems kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be shut down. Well, so my old rugby league coach is one of the. F- he w- he played in the first ever state of origin, Mick Cronin. Okay. And the whole ethos around mate versus mate, state versus state came out of an incident in the first ever state of origin in 1980 where Parramatta teammates... Am I about to be taken on a really deep, elaborate, historic (laughs) story of the history of rugby league? This might get a little bit historical, but it's going to a good place. Might I note involuntarily? Yes. So Arthur B. So these two guys, best mates, play together for Parramatta. Let me just take it back. Okay, we're currently discussing... State the, of origin. the origin of state of origin <laughs> okay how it came to be yes okay go so go first ever game two teammates from Parramatta yep Arthur Beetson and Mick Cronin playing on opposite sides Arthur Beetson plays for Queensland Mick Cronin plays for New South Wales in the middle of a match but it wasn't one on one no, it was 13 on 13. Right. Like most rugby league games. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it could get really boring after a while. Okay. But essentially what happened is, early in the second half, Arthur Beetson lifted his elbow and basically, it was either an elbow or a head-high tackle, but basically knocked the shit out of Mick Cronin, yeah. who's supposed to be his best mate and teammate week to week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They even sat, and there's, the rumour goes they sat next to each other on the plane on the way home. After okay. after belting the shit out of each other on the field. Yeah. Okay. And that's where mate versus mate, state versus state came about. Yeah, cool. So I thought it was just So that's state of origin, that's my little history lesson. I thought it was but, just a marketing point because it rhymed. <laughs> that's very possible as seems, well. This whole story was made up. It seems more likely. But in the light of state of origin being this week or tonight, I wanted to run you through some of rugby league's greatest nights out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is going to be bad. you know how I know it's going to be bad? <laughs> how is it going to be bad? Because throughout any season of rugby league, this is all I hear about it really, is a whole bunch of stories about rugby league players doing dumb shit when they're out. <laughs> okay. so, and I reckon you probably get on average about mm, three a season. Three big stories three a year. Three huge ones. Three big stories a year. And I'm not talking year. like, 
oh, one of them got a bit pissed and got kicked out of a pub, big ones. I'm yeah. talking about someone got pissed and pissed in their own mouth, big one. Which well, funny you should mention that because that might come up in a little bit of time. <laughs> oh, good. But the thing I always find interesting is they're the only ones you hear about. Yeah. Oh, like, God. think about how many other rugby league items go un- go unnoticed. I don't want to. Or unreported. Oh, God. That'd be awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, let's start. Okay. So, I'll take you back to Julian O'Neill, who is a goal-kicking fullback who start, who used to start for Queensland. So... Uh, what year are we in? Uh, 90s. Okay. 1990s. Okay. Okay. So... Julian O'Neill is probably best known for an incident that occurred during a South Sydney pre-season trip to Dubbo. So before the before the season starts, they travel around the country and play each other for Dubbo. country audiences. Where all good drunk stories start. Now, in this incident, can I can I can I guess something? You can guess something. Western Plains Zoo is involved <laughs> for sure. Um, Mainly the white rhinoceros. So well. It's, it's unfair to characterise Julian O'Neill by only one incident because there's probably a couple <laughs> oh, that could couple, get him on. He's had a couple of beauties, has he? So, the first one could probably be listed as in Dubbo, where it's probably his most famous incident, where on a trip, on a, after a night out on a trip to Dubbo, he decided he needed to take a shit, couldn't find where the toilet was, and just thought it would be hilarious to shit in his teammate's shoe. <laughs> And then once that was, once that was full. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I got questions. I got questions. Yes. First question. Was he wearing the shoe at the time? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. Because A, that would be impressive to get away with it. And just logistically, that would be impressive. <laughs> so let me, I'll, I'll explain it. So there were reports that feces were smeared on towels and thrown around the room. Hey, okay. oh, I got another question. <laughs> yes. What reports? Who's reporting this? Is this I, our reporter from I, last I, week? I assume anyone from hotel cleaners to the guy whose shoe was shit in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to any other stakeholder in this story you know who what, might have walked you know past and this, is? this is the reporter from last week's story about the girl who shit in the club. <laughs> kept dancing. But do you know what the worst part is? Oh, this guy is so the name of the per- <laughs> the name of the shoe owner is Jeremy Sloss and essentially after shitting in Schlossy's shoe <laughs> tongue twister Julian O'Neill thought it prudent to go to another to sidle up to another teammate and whisper in his ear the next morning <laughs> hey I hey. <laughs> I shat in Schlossy's shoe <laughs> what <laughs> which <laughs> Became, so, which is now part of rugby league folklore is, and yeah. provided Roy and Hatshu with 10 years worth of material. That's now the motto for the rugby league, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I shat in Sloshy's shoe. <laughs> so, what, so he said that to a different uh, teammate. Yeah, um, bragged to another teammate. <laughs> have the guy not realised by then? Have you not? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So that's just one of Julian O'Neill's items on the list. Okay. Uh, okay. He was also at one point he famously pissed underneath the blackjack table at a casino on the Gold Coast. Okay, I, I reckon and got thrown out. I think that happened a bit though. Oh, I'm sure he's not the only person to do it. But the last and my favourite, probably not what he's famous for, but my favourite. It seems is, like he's famous for him because I've uh, known him until now. And he was story. he was on a trip to Australia. By this stage, he was at the end of his career playing in the UK. Yeah. So he was on a trip to Australia with the. <laughs> there weren't any shoes left in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There were some areas unshat on still. <laughs> Everyone knows my bit. <laughs> so, gotta find some fresh, fresh turf. On a trip to Port Macquarie in 2004, he allegedly lashes. tried to set fire to a highly flammable dolphin mascot costume <laughs> that a 13 year old boy was wearing on a river cruise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> This okay. has turned from just kind of funny and inconvenient to victim, dead, <laughs> deadly. He's banded so, up a notch. What's England done to him? So, according to a letter of complaint written by the boy's father and his business partner. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm I'm picturing the the conversation that's happened between the mum and the dad. <laughs> When the dad's come home from work. The dad's come home from work and the mum's gone, Dull, how's your day? And he's going, oh, you wouldn't believe it. There was no milk left in the fridge this morning at work. Didn't have any breakfast. Oh, and, she's, and she says, oh, well, your day's not going to get any better. Why is, why is that, love? Well, your son's been set on fire. <laughs> and he hasn't flipped it. He hasn't flipped it. The first thing he's done, he's gone, you know what I'm going to do? I'm living. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> so after you, after you as a now man in your early 30s, having lit a 13-year-old boy on fire, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think would be a reasonable reaction to that situation? I think a reasonable reaction would be for you to go to prison. <laughs> Well, according to the letter of complaint written by the boy's father... <laughs> it was a strongly worded, at least. The drunken O'Neill, after setting his son on fire, stripped to his underwear, dived into the Hastings River and swam to shore, then hitchhiked his way back to town. Wait, oh, he was on a bridge? He was on a river cruise. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially this guy's gone, yeah, I'm going to light this little dolphin on fire, yeah. get naked, <laughs> jump in the river and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. And along that way, he's had enough time to think, uh, oh shit, maybe if I get in my underwear, it's going to make hitchhiking, hitchhiking Way easier. Harder. It actually is easier. Like I'm Way you. easier. Well, I did it once and it wasn't that easy. No, actually I was there when you hitchhiked. Yeah. Um, in your underwear. To Canberra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so what I was going to say was the lack of ease, the, the, the increase in difficulty made by hitchhiking in your underwear was clearly offset by the The fact that my swimming. ex-girlfriend picked you up no, on no, the no. way. <laughs> I'm talking about this guy, this O'Neill character. He's, he's thought to himself, it's going to be hard to hitchhike in my undies, but I'm going to gain so much convenient swimming without clothes oh exactly it's it's worth it for that three minute swim to then hitchhike in my underwear yeah absolutely but Um, look let's let's not assume that this guy makes the best decisions or has the most amount of foresight in his defense like me he probably would have thought that hitchhiking in your underwear would would make it easier yeah well he's a rugby league player I'm sure he's got a decent reach oh god now I've been compared to a rugby league player (laughs) you brought this on yourself what I thought was when I did it was Hey, here's an innocent, vulnerable, <laughs> naked-ish, mostly naked, person on the side of the road. Won't somebody please pick them up? <laughs> and it was like five degrees <laughs> near Canberra. It was cold as hell. So, and it turned out it wasn't the case. <laughs> I, I waited for 15 long minutes 
on a highway and didn't get picked up. So that's the that's the tremendous tales of Julian O'Neill. Oh, well, he's my favourite already. From Julian, we're going to move on to um, Blake Ferguson. So this is a bit more recent. This is uh, 2012. So okay. Blake Ferguson, very promising uh, centre come winger who's pretty tall, very quick, really good ball skills. Um, coming out of Canberra. Uh, he was fantastic on the field, but once Sounds he like once it. he stepped off the field, things, <laughs> he sort, was of, even better. <laughs> things sort of fell apart a little bit. <laughs> it was even better. So in November 2012, Blake Ferguson was thrown out of a music festival in Canberra for allegedly spitting on people. Multiple. More than one person. <laughs> Plus one. Must have had a lot of rubbish in his mouth. Yeah. 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 Very tacky mouth. Yeah. Just, just phlegmy. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to infer that anything else was happening at a music festival no, in yeah, the off yeah. season. Yeah, but, um, of course. Or no, during yeah. the season after the match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so just decided to spit on people. So that's Blake's first strike. Then uh, the real clangor came in December two thousand and thirteen when he was found guilty of sexually assaulting a woman at a Cronulla night spot while celebrating his selection for New South Wales with his friend Josh Dugan. Okay. Yeah, that's a good so way to celebrate. Basically, they've gone. Yep. Uh, got selected for this very prestigious New South Wales team. Yeah, good work. Uh, no what, am I, what am I going to do? Oh, well, let's go out in Cronulla and forcefully finger women. Wait, 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 wait. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You should probably train and... and well, look, I, I don't know what goes in Cronulla. You like, should probably prepare for your <laughs> match that you've just been selected for. What no, 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 no. You want a party? This is a man who was once famous for drinking a pineapple cruiser on a roof instead of going to work. <laughs> well, admittedly, that does sound better. Yeah, so he did that with his best mate Josh Dugan, who we'll come to later in the uh, later in the story. Oh, I think I remember his one. So uh, his defence to the assault uh, included saying, and this is in bracket in quotation marks, "I've always liked blonde girls because I lived in Cronulla for a long time, and I." Oh, sorry. Then he said, <laughs> "I would like to say sorry to the victim." I would never touch her in a sexual way. I'm Wait, really sorry. How did he assault her? He fingered her. Oh, and that's that's not considered sexual anymore. That is sexual. That's why it's sexual assault. Uh, yeah. Okay. Continue. I would never. Just there yeah, might be lean right. players. They don't structure <laughs> their sentences. Okay. Okay. So good. <laughs> I've always liked blonde girls because I lived in Cronulla for a long time. I would like to say sorry to the victim. I would never touch her in a sexual way. I'm really sorry. I mistook her for the girl that I hooked up with at Northeast last time I was there. <laughs> I would never touch a girl like that that I didn't know them if unless I knew them at an intimate level. I would never. <laughs> so what Blake has said is that I would, I would never walk up to a woman on the dance floor and start fingering her unless oh. I'd done it before. <laughs> hey, hey, look, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I'm a good guy, okay? I would never digitally penetrate a girl without her knowing. Yeah. Unless we had done it before. Without her expecting it. Unless I think I might have met her previously. (laughs) Once. (laughs) I think. So, yeah. So, Blake Ferguson, what a winner. Um, Stand-up guy. Oh, what a legend. Can't wait to have a daughter. Now, incredibly... So, after following that, he was uh, convicted of the sexual... uh, Sorry. He was found guilty... But no conviction was recorded. Okay. However, he was still fired from his club team. He's since been rehired yeah. by a new team mm-hmm. and is doing very well by all accounts. He's, he's, has he toned down the finger, fingering in public? I, I think he's keeping his finger banging to, um, to a private setting. Okay. Yeah. Advisable oh. to, to anyone. Look, each to their own, but yeah. at least find a willing participant first. Yeah. 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 
Well, yeah. It's, games are much more fun when both players know there's a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to Mark Gaznia. So Mark oh. Gaznia is an incredibly famous centre for... He played for St. George of yeah, New South Wales, Australia. I know this guy. Shimmy, shimmy guy. And he's the nephew of one of Rugby League's eight immortals. Seven immortals. They're so not- one of the seven greatest players of all time is his uncle. Okay, but they're not actually immortal. Uh, well, some of them have died, so okay. we don't know if they're all immortal, but some of them <laughs> certainly aren't. Some of them, some of them haven't been confirmed mortal. Yet. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so um, this takes us back to two thousand and four when uh, Mark Gaznia was in the New South Wales Blues squad. Yep, and they'd gone out on a bonding night, which is essentially a euphemism for a huge piss up. And he was accused of sending an obscene message or leaving an obscene message on a woman's answering machine. Mm. So at about four o'clock in the morning, Mark is, after hanging out with his mates and getting pretty boozy, uh, he grabbed one of his other teammates' phones, Anthony Minicello, another star of the game. Oh, yep, yep. Grabbed Anthony Minicello's phone, called this woman and left the following message. (laughs) What time? Do we get a time? 3.41am. <laughs> so he's the, gone... Yeah, the good, that's a good hour. That's a good hour for stories. This is, this is word for word verbatim. <laughs> Where the fuck are you? <laughs> there are four toey humans in the cab. <laughs> what? It's 20 to 4. Wait, what, is the taxi driver one of I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with the S. It's 20 to 4 and you're in bed. Fuck me. Was that I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's that I'm not order? sure if that's an exclamation yeah. or a direction. A question? Yeah. No question mark on here. <laughs> it could just be the phrase. Now, following this delightful message, he's left her with the parting note of fire up, you sad cunt. <laughs> now I don't I, know. I'm, I'm only 26. Don't and talk, my yeah. experience with women is limited. <laughs> but in say, my experience, I was about to say, if you I'm want a woman, <laughs> if you want a woman to sleep with you, very rarely <laughs> does the phrase "fire up, you sad cunt." Wait, did you make up you sad? <laughs> no, word for word, that is the exact message. I was going to say, not once. In all the times that I've thought about talking to a girl, have I thought to myself, which is lots, I've thought about it a lot of times, not once, has it crossed my mind to yell at them like a football team. (laughs) But in fairness, um, a lot of bad men um, actually uh, berate their women into doing things for them. Their women, their possessions. No, <laughs> those bad guys. The women that they uh, are with, uh, yeah. they berate them into doing, you know, like they they insult them and everything, and make yes. them feel so bad about themselves that they'll do stuff. So maybe this is like this could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> he just thought, just wait, thought, all four of us want to have sex with this poor uh, woman who's yeah. obviously decided that she'd rather go and have a sleep instead. She seems maybe if I call her a sea bomb. And tell her to fire up. That's just a little bit of motivation she needs to really get out of bed and get going. <laughs> yeah. Look. yeah. <laughs> well, she needs a little pet. <laughs> so that's the, horrible. That's the delightful tale of Mark Gaznia. I didn't know. It was, yeah, right. He's now, uh, com- uh, what do you call it, commentator? Is yeah, he? I think so. <laughs> Does he use that kind of language on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not before 9pm. 
God, heaven forbid there's ever a rugby league game at 3.40. So... Then we move on to Joel Monaghan. Now, Joel How Monaghan... How many stories have we got? We've got a few. <laughs> we're, we're coming to some oh of the better God. ones. So Tom, I've, got, I've Tom, got a couple more to go. Listeners, Tom's just effectively done that thing in movies where he's opened up a scroll that's just like <laughs> flooded, flooded across the room with like stories written in size 8 fonts. Considering this is the first time we've ever done preparation for a podcast, <laughs> yeah, actually, I'd yeah. like a little bit more recognition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so we'll move on to Joel Monaghan. We're back in Canberra now. Now, Joel Monaghan was a um, was a relatively useful centre or winger. Uh, played a couple, of, played a handful of games in New South Wales. Was by no means a permanent fixture, but also played for Australia. Um, after this story, you might so understand why he doesn't play in Australia anymore. Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to say. Um, so keep in mind when listening to this story, yeah, me. So uh, uh, that this guy represented our country at something. So Australian sports have Mad Monday, which is essentially the yeah. Monday following their last game of the season. They have a huge piss up. Yeah. Uh, now this Mad Monday celebration took a bit of a devious turn when Monaghan was photographed simulating a sex act with a dog. During their Mad Monday festivities in 2010. Okay, you know how you can get the simu- um, simulators that are a lifelike and the simulators that you just sort of... This was lifelike in the sense that you he know you pulled like... out his penis and had a dog lick it. Right. So we're talking like a flight simulator that, that rocks and shakes. Oh, like the whole it. experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, and might even turn some anti-gravity on once in a while. I think this brings up a lot of issues of consent. Um, yeah. I think the dog might have a bit of difficulty consenting. Like, obviously, these rugby league players haven't had a lot of issues with consent in the sense that, I guess, at least Mark Gaznia rang up and asked the woman if she'd like to come out instead of just From what would have looked like a um, definite, imminent um, gang rape (laughs) was they warned her, effectively. Yeah, yeah, of course. She locked the doors. No, they're very considerate. She locked the doors and bloody protected herself. I hope so. Um, so yeah, that's the story of Joel Monaghan. He uh, he since oh he, that's it yeah. Well, <laughs> do you need much more to a story? <laughs> what? So um, no, I I remember that one actually yeah. me in the in the news and yeah. um, that was one of those days where you just really wonder how Australian news outlets come, uh, come yeah. up with their stuff. I mean, that that would probably get played anywhere in the world, but Jesus, don't we have better things to think about? Well, unsurprisingly, he quit due to shame. Yeah, and uh, he, has, he has moved to the other side of the world to play rugby league. Uh, does he know we have the interwebs now? Well, it was a worldwide news story, so <laughs> yeah. we'll see how we go. Now we'll move quickly on to Brad Fittler, who's okay. he who is very storied within rugby league history. He's a former captain of New South Wales and Australia. He's been a professional coach at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, he's he, still, uh, yeah, he's long and there. long and storied history. But uh, he, uh, in 1999, he was found passed out drunk in front of Glebe Police Station. Um, and a police source described the incoherent Fitler as the drunkest human being ever. This is a police officer. So after spending the night <laughs> wait, on a... Wait, wait. <laughs> this is a police officer. This is a police officer's description. Their, literally their job is to look at drunk people. Yep. And try and make them act like non-drunk people. And this is the drunkest. So Our, the guy who's now like idolized by millions of young Australians <laughs> <laughs> has been described as the drunkest person in the world. So after spending the night on a boat carrying on with women on a hen's night, 
blind Freddy found himself, <laughs> or rather someone found him, lying on the nature strip outside Glebe Police Station. <laughs> police said he was unable to communicate. He's like an orphan boy, just dropped at the doorstep of an orphanage. <laughs> just wait. Police said he was unable to communicate, and they allowed him to remain on the premises for three hours until he was coherent enough to supply his home address, at which point they taxied him home. <laughs> So essentially he could not communicate for three hours. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> At which point the cops just dropped him home. So How that's much, that's the level what of... What percentage of that uh, three hours would you put down to just being an NRL player? Yeah, I think all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is how but, this, this is also, how much of a free pass that Brad Fittler yeah, gets in yeah, rugby league circles. His coach at the time, Phil Gould, said, and this is word for word, He's gone where we tell all, all our kids to go when they've got a problem. <laughs> oh, to their trying, nearest police station. He's trying to defend he, it, he? He showed good sense to going and getting help. <laughs> Way to put a spin on <laughs> That is the best possible fucking spin, spin I've ever heard. Yeah. So, showing, having been through this experience, yeah. and because obviously... If, if it's one thing that all uh, incoherent drunk people can do, it's make rational decisions. Exactly. So, having, having done this 10 years later, when he was coach of the Sydney Roosters, okay. police were called to a Townsville Holiday Inn where a heavily intoxicated fitler, dressed only in his shorts was loudly trying to gain entry into a woman's room. <laughs> Fittler had mistaken the room for his own. He probably thought it was a room that he'd been to a week before. <laughs> now, now, here's the kicker. Because he was the coach, i.e. the person who's supposed to impose the rules yeah. and stop the players from getting blind drunk and knocking on people's rooms, he fined himself $10,000. <laughs> That's when you know that the whole system is just... It's fucked. When the people enforcing the crimes are the ones breaking the rules. Oh, dear. So, we'll move on to a quick one. He's pretty much just said to himself, look... What what number would be big enough to rap, like <laughs> to make it make seem it like seem I'm at like least like, making an effort? Yeah. <laughs> but let's face it, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm going to probably do it again in another ten <laughs> yeah. years. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what can I afford? In Which, years? to be fair, we're only four years off another Freddie Fittler getting blind drunk and doing something terrible. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Put in your diary. Uh, what's the inflation rate on uh, self-imposed <laughs> penalties? Well, to be fair, he seems to be decreasing. Like at least at this point, he was coherent. Okay, yeah. so, so, he's sell- so he's maybe maturing. his next one will be pretty mild. He's, he's getting a little Might not settled. even be reported. Yeah, of course, yeah, he's growing. Yeah. He's maturing. Yeah. <laughs> now as a middle-aged man, he, yes. uh, he only knocks on random women's doors while he's drunk in his shots. Yeah, next week he'll just climb one of the buildings in the city and we'll be mm. fine. Yeah. Now, speaking of issues in hotels and being locked out of your room, uh, we come to Nate Miles, who still plays and will be playing for Queensland tonight. Oh, good. Bit of context. So, in 2009, Miles was fined $50,000 and suspended for six matches after getting locked out of his hotel room in Terrigal. I feel now, like that's not the only reason. Or the, it only it seems a little bit heavy-handed, doesn't it? Yeah. I've, now, I've, I've been locked out of my car before. <laughs> now, when you were locked out, out of, of your car, house. were you naked? Uh, not, no. Did you... Uh, unsuccessfully try to break into a family's car while they were in the car? Um, no. Having done both of those things, did you then decide to go... <laughs> was the family in the car? So he yes, he did. was he was yes, locked out of his room naked, 
He unsuccessfully tried to gain access to a nearby family's room while they were in there. Oh, yeah. Having been unsuccessful in those two previous pursuits, he decided to shit in a corridor. (laughs) That I have done. (laughs) And he was later found naked, dazed and disoriented in the fire stairs. (laughs) He probably locked himself in the fire stairs as well. Yeah. (laughs) So how about this? So, you know, when you do something terrible and you're you're talking to your parents or your friends and one of your other mates who is there. You don't want to say it. No, but one of your mates is just exacerbated the situation by adding further detail that you didn't need. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shut up. So, yeah. following the incident, his teammate Adam McDougall told a, on live television to the footy show, told them that other players in the team now refer to him as the squatter. <laughs> so you've been fined 50 grand, you've been suspended for six matches, and then your mate comes out and goes, oh, not only has he done all these terrible yeah. things, we we've got this awesome nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, remember that thing you've all forgotten? Let me remind you. (laughs) People don't forget. (laughs) So that's Nate Miles. I wonder if that name will be on the back of his jersey tonight. (laughs) Now we've gotten to our second last one. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Craig Gower. How many have we had so far? Oh, six or seven. I'm not sure. Listeners, (laughs) if you could write in and tell us how many we're up to now, because we're not going to listen back to this. We'll get uh, Cindy, our our editor and secretary, to to handle that. (laughs) Laura from Accounts can sort it out. Oh. All right. <laughs> so Craig Gow was a well-credentialed halfback who played for both New South Wales and Australia, a very reliable player. Um, in 1999, he exposed himself to a woman in a Coogee bar, which led to him being dumped from the kangaroo squad and pleading guilty to indecent exposure in court. However, that was pretty mild in comparison to his next event in 2005. Okay, I know where to set the bar now. In 2005, he was at a charity golf event hosted by his club, the Penrith Panthers. Yep. Uh, he was reported to have groped the teenage daughter of rugby league legend Wayne Pierce, <laughs> and then chased an at the time 16-year-old Mitchell Pierce with a bottle and then vomited on him. <laughs> okay. Following that, he crashed a golf... Wait, wait, wait. wait. (laughs) Let me get this all out and then we're good. Because the sheer weight of all of these events in one day is amazing. You play golf in daytime, so was this this the daytime? This is daytime. So he he groped a teenage girl. Yep. He then chased that girl's 16-year-old brother with a bottle and vomited on him. Okay. He then stole a golf cart and crashed it. Yeah. He streaked nude yes. <laughs> through the event. You can't really streak with clothes on. And then threatened the a guest of the charity with a knife to his throat. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. And, he's, and he's, following all of this, the last bit got in a brawl with the security who were trying to throw him out. <laughs> okay, okay. This is all in one charity <laughs> afternoon. Admittedly, that charity would have got a lot of publicity after this event. Absolutely ridiculous. But what I find kind of funny is the rate at which he stepped up. The second last one of those discrepancies is considerably more serious. Well, oh, I don't know about that. Ripping, I yeah. think the sexual assault yeah, on yeah, a teenage yeah. girl is pretty okay. bad. I forgot that bit. I forgot that bit. Sexual assault on a teenage girl, not ideal. But <laughs> only a knife to a guy's throat is pretty next level. I just think the most interesting part of all of this that the 16-year-old Mitchell Pierce, who he threatened, who he chased and threatened with a bottle and then vomited on. <laughs> that guy now plays as halfback for New South Wales. Yeah. Like he's plotting at some point in their careers, 
they must have played against each other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And this guy would have been like, hey, remember that time four years ago when I chased you around with a bottle and spewed on you? <laughs> like, who and comes goes, across that in their workplace? And they're going, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine turning up to work when somebody 10 years older from you at work has come around and be like, kid. hey, kid. mate. Remember when I chased around with that bottle and spewed on you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dad. That is a bizarre set of circumstances. Yes, Dad, I remember. (laughs) So, uh, following this, after brawling with security, the police were called and he was ejected from the resort into the custody of the police. He was stripped of his captaincy and fined $100,000. He didn't have much else to get stripped from by then, did he? That's a lot of fucking money. How, how much? $100,000. Yeah, right. That's for not a, a small amount of money Australian, for one afternoon. For an Australian sports player who get basically get paid in that'd, peanuts. That'd be 20 to 30% of his annual salary. Would it? Yeah. Yeah. That's four months work. Yeah. Go on. Just for, for groping, one afternoon. Just for groping a teenager and nearly killing a guy. And chasing her brother and spewing on him <laughs> and getting in a brawl with security Sorry, and, and streaking naked through the event and don't threatening forget, a guy with a knife. Don't forget the vomiting. <laughs> Look, it was a big afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very big afternoon. But, um, oh, so. The important thing is that. You know, people forget in all these sports. The important thing is to have fun and enjoy yourself and be yourself. And I think he's done all this. So all of these guys, some of them have one, maybe two, maybe three items on their list of things they've done wrong. But none of them can compare to our last story. Okay. So you might have remembered uh, Blake Ferguson, uh, who uh, who was a... Uh, was he the dog? dog? No, Blake Palmer? Ferguson was the... Spitter and fingerer. Okay. Yep. yep. So <laughs> he, the, uh, he came. He, he came from fan- Canberra, and he was part of a terrible trio. He was the phantom finger, wasn't he? There, are, there yeah. are three players who all got fired by Canberra, who were all incredibly prodigious rugby league talents. Yeah. And were all horrible people. <laughs> okay. Most of them have reformed. Hmm. So you might, you might hold out judgment on the last. I one. I think you're about to tell me something that you can never truly be reformed from. So we get to. Uh, my favourite of them all. Oh God. My favourite of them all, Todd Carney. <laughs> Todd Carney is perhaps the most interesting man <laughs> in rugby league. Yes. Now, let me run you through. We're going to start back in 2006. Tom's just uh, metaphorically plonked a Bible-sized <laughs> book on the table. It's just blown the dust off the cover of it. And he's now going through the, the oh. epic... The, the oracle that is uh, oh, Todd Carney is record. the best he is by far and away my favourite rugby league player Tom at this point in time looks like an HSC student <laughs> an hour or two I look like I'm preparing for an open book exam, exam. <laughs> freaking the fuck out because he's got too many pieces of paper in front of him now Todd Carney in 2010 was the best rugby league player in the world oh okay won the Daly M won the Golden Boot Fantastic rugby league player. Incredibly prodigious rugby league player. Those two are good things. Golden Boots, best player in the world. Dally M is the best player in the grand final. Cool. Wow. Yeah, M- sorry, not the best player in the grand final. The season. The best player of the season. MVP of... Everything. Similar to a Brownlow or an MVP. Yeah. Okay. So, in 2006, Todd Carney was charged with drink drive, drinking, drink driving and reckless driving in Goulburn. Now, this was not his first incident in Goulburn. Okay. Goulburn's the town he grew up in. It's a yes. small country town in New South Wales. I know where Goulburn is. I know, but some of our <laughs> listeners may not. Oh, sorry. It's not all about you. <laughs> oh, right. So, he was suspended for five years from driving. 
in 2007, sorry, that was sorry. December December 2006, drink driving, reckless driving suspended for five years. Five years, okay. Five months later, yep. May 2007. Not five years, yep. Carney and teammate Steve Irwin were pursued by police. Wait, Steve Irwin? Not that Steve Irwin. Okay. Were pursued by police through Canberra. <laughs> okay. Carney abandoned the car and fled on foot, leaving his teammate in the passenger seat. Carney was charged with multiple offences. He was placed on a 12-month good behaviour bond and banned from driving until 2012. He was sentenced to two hours community service, but he remained at the Raiders. Uh, I'm looking at your piece of paper. It says more than two hours. 200 hours. 200 hours. <laughs> two um, hours, it wouldn't be too bad. So, following that, a year later in July 2008... Mm. Carney was alleged to have urinated on a man at a Canberra nightclub. This only gets worse. He was suspended by the Raiders, but the complaint was withdrawn. Reed could have possibly, please don't sue me for defamation at yeah, this point, yeah, yeah. but very possibly have offered the uh, the complainant something to make him drop his mm. complaint. Yeah, to wipe, um, the, to wipe the metaphorical pee off him. Yes, Canberra issued an ultimatum to Carney, which included five points that would see him cease all football with the club for the remainder of the season, go on an alcohol ban until 2012, which is four years from now, undergo counselling, complete a community service program and pay a $20,000 fine. Did Carney say no? Carney asked for a variation of the fine. <laughs> you can't ask me to never piss on someone. He asked him. Oh, no, I won't do it. He asked him. To, he asked the football club to avoid the first two points, which were that he would get to play football for the rest of the year and he would still be able to drink for the next four years. Okay. So that was July 2008. Okay. So the, Okay, yeah. After requesting that two months later, Canberra just said, no, nah, get out of here, you're fired. I, yeah. <laughs> so August yeah. 2008, they, Carney gets they fired. Had, they had a little board meeting. In the Canberra Raiders yep. uh, dressing in the in the board in the boardroom, and they've said, uh, this, "Do we really want this guy drinking ever again?" That <laughs> <laughs> was a unanimous no. Um, Two thousand and nine, Carney is in, now unemployed. Okay. Carney is involved in vandalism in Goulburn. He receives a twelve month suspended sentence and undertakes alcohol counselling. He was banned from returning to Goulburn. Oh, he, got, he was banned from a town. Got, a whole town said, we don't me. need you anymore. Jesus. Was it one of those things like the Wild West where you get sent away and then... He literally was not allowed in... He's not yeah. allowed in Goulburn anymore. How does he get the camera? I don't know. <laughs> like, he has to go straight past. Can't yeah, get yeah, off the freeway. Yeah, yeah. Can't go to Macca's. Straight through. You can't go to the Goulburn Bakery. That's oh, sure. my God. So, banned from a whole town. So, that's, so that's February 2009. March 2009, he moves up to North Queensland and starts playing rugby league for the Atherton Roosters and working in a pub. This is a guy who has had numerous incidences this with alcohol and has decided that I want to work in a workplace that is surrounded by alcohol. And not to mention, this is a guy who was previously the best in the world. No, no, no. He's not the best in the world yet. Sorry. Oh, not the best okay. in the world yet. Oh, yeah, Incredibly yeah. prodigious, it's but not yet yeah, the best in the world. working in the pub. That's his redemption tale. Yeah. One it's of not, his redemption it's tales. It's working in the pub that gets him there. Yeah. So, uh, in November 2009, he officially signs with the Sydney Roosters. Okay. For the next year. Um, in September 2010, playing with the Sydney Roosters, he wins the Dalian medal. 
That's the MVP of the season? MVP. So one year turnaround goes from playing bush footy in North Queensland to playing with one of the best clubs in the current competition. And just happens to be the best player in and the whole season. now becomes <laughs> the best player in the whole competition, which is essentially yeah. best player in the world. It seems like if he just applied himself. Yeah. So let, let's put it this way. End of 2010, everything's going well for Todd. Okay. He's back on track. He hasn't pissed on someone in years. Yeah. yeah. So he gets the Roosters all the way to the grand final. They lose the grand final to the best team in the NRL, yeah. the Dragons. Okay. Best team in history. You seem like you have. My favourite team. Oh, okay. Um, so, but gets them pretty far. Yeah. Um, he also, in that time, makes his debut representing Australia. So he's in the Australian Rugby League team. Yeah. So everything's going well for Todd by the end of 2010. Sure. Two months later, mm. February 2011. Oh, God. Carney yes. faces low-range drink driving and is stood down by the roosters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Everything's coming up, Todd. Oh, I forgot that little thing that I wasn't allowed to drive a motor vehicle. He gets charged the morning after, after, in his quote, sinking only eight to ten beers the night before. <laughs> I had a quiet evening. <laughs> I went out to coffee with my mum. <laughs> so he narrowly avoids jail. He narrowly avoids jail following his yeah, drink jive in charge. And vows to join on. Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. Um, so following that, in April 2011, he basically makes an agreement not to drink anymore. He's joined AA. Uh, then he gets found drinking with his teammates. <laughs> he stood down indefinitely. Okay, so, so the deal with he, he basically just, says, "Just one sec, one sec." Yeah. But by this stage, he's proven time and time again that anything that you tell him not to do, he'll go and do. He goes and does it. So, uh, what do you do? So, what do you do? This is basically. So, this is how it went down. Hmm. He told, so the CEO of the Roosters, Steve Noyce, came out and said, Carney was drinking in Sydney after requesting leave from the club following his groin injury to visit his mum. Instead of going and visiting his mum, he gets on the beers with his mates. (laughs) Fantastic, yeah. So the Roosters are deciding whether they're going to make an announcement on his future. They they draw up a whole list of things that he has to abide by if he's going to stay at the club. No, don't do that. Well, don't look up a list. No, do you know what somebody needs? Just a third do, chance. Do somebody them. needs a third chance. He's had a 17th chance. So, and he went and got pissed with his non mum. <laughs> following this, uh, after making this agreement, yep. following April 2011, August 2011, yep. four months later, okay. Carney and two mates, Nate Miles, who you may remember from shitting in a hallway and uh, getting found in a fire stair. The hall shitter. And Frank Paul Newasala break a team agreement that they're not going to drink and are caught drinking. The Roosters then fire Carney from the last year of his contract. Yep. At following that, Cronulla announced that they've signed Carney to a two-year deal. Okay. He now gets his 18th chance. So Cronulla does give 18th chances, and listeners from overseas, from Iceland, might know Cronulla from a little incident they had a couple of years ago where all of the white males in Cronulla decided that they'd go around beating up ethnic people. Yes, that, that, so, that wasn't necessarily Cronulla Rugby League players, just residents oh, of Cronulla. I think be fairly, concer- fairly certain that they were all involved. However, there is a story with Cronulla that we won't go into, which is essentially where six guys gangbanged one woman. Ah, uh, right. While they were on tour in New Zealand. Is that another Rugby League story? That is a Rugby League story. <laughs> but uh, we won't go into that one. So, Todd Carney, 
end of 2011, gets fired by the Roosters, picked up by Cronulla. Yeah. Turns his life around, lays low for a few years. Oh, keeps it quiet, does he? Finishes his contract, two-year contract. Yep, just chills out a little 2013, 2014, sorry, 2012, 2013. Yeah. No incidences. Ooh. Lays low, plays very good footy, one plays might, for New South Wales, plays for Australia. One might even be mistaken for thinking that he was reformed. Reformed. Mm. Old Toddy has come good. <laughs> Old Toddy. He was good the whole time. So He just wasn't given a 19th chance. Gets a new contract. 2014. Yeah. New Todd. Yeah. Killing it. This is me. He new, turns new in a man of the match of performance for Cronulla. Oh, yes, Todd. In a win over Brisbane. Yes, Todd. You're up. You're coming. You're now, good. you're killing it. Your life's turned around. You go, you're Todd. no longer... Get, you're not on the piss anymore. Nah, he's a bit older, a bit more mature. You're he's playing the best footy of your life. Yeah. You're back on track. Ready got a, got a girlfriend. Ready to become Things the are going well. Again. Exactly. Yes. How do you celebrate man of the matches? You, You've played rugby before. How do you celebrate man of the matches? Oh, you get it. You have a couple of beers with your friends, and then maybe uh, call it a night. Call, yeah, yeah. Get a bit chuffed with yourself, and maybe do it again the next week. Yeah, well, you're not Todd Carney. <laughs> oh, you're Todd right. Carney, and said <laughs> instead decides that. Fuck, my life's back on track. Getting off the piss has done me a world of good. I deserve But I reckon I could get away with a couple of beers and not get in too much trouble. So I'm going to go back to Cronulla where my mate Blake Ferguson decided to forcefully finger somebody. Not him. And I'm having a big night out at Northeast to celebrate my man of the match. And I'm in the toilets. I'm at the urinal taking a quick piss. And uh, some other bloke sits in there. He's like, hey, you're Todd Carney. And being Todd Carney, you're like, oh, I've got a fan here. (laughs) I need to turn it on. I need to make this. I need to give this guy a story. So I'm going to turn around. Instead of pissing in the urinal, I'm going to piss in my own mouth. And this guy, he's going to go back to his mates. He's going to be like, hey, guess what? Todd Carney pissed in his mouth. And his mate's like, no way Todd Carney pissed in his mouth. So this punter's decided, there's no way people are going to believe this. Yeah. I'm going to take a photo. I am going to take a photo of Todd Carney pissing in his mouth. And poor Toddy's been there like, fuck, it's been a great weekend. Man of the match. I need to commemorate this. I'll let him take a photo of me pissing in my mouth. (laughs) Now, Cronulla Sharks at the time had had a lot of issues with sponsors. So, what? uh, hold on. There's so many questions that I want to ask about this. But firstly... How do you piss in your mouth? Just, 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 just point it bend, up. Just bend over and point it up. Just, you don't even have to bend over. You just have to lean your head forward and well, shoot up. I don't know if I piss that hard. But well, like think about it. Sorry, I'm demonstrating <laughs> Tom's, now. Tom's, Tom's getting. If up you and- put your mouth there and you're holding your penis here. It's like 30 centimetres. Okay, okay. You, yeah, you've yeah. had a gut full of beers. Yeah, you, yeah, You've got enough stored up. Okay. <laughs> you can easily turn this around. All right. So has he planned this and he's not gone to the bathroom for a while just to build up the necessary bladder uh, pressure? No, no, no. I think he was probably just like, <laughs> I'm having a few beers with my mates. I don't want to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I can hold this. I can hold this. And then it's just been a confluence of circumstances where he's gone, fuck. How often do you get a chance like this? How often to have a urine full of bladder? Do you, do you feel like you've earned this enough to warrant? Pissing you've been good for two and a half years. It's you've been up kicking goals. You've, yep. you've man of the match. Literally you've won the game. Yep. Get on the piss. Mm. Not literally on the piss though. Give the fans what no, they no, want. No, 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 Todd, Todd, Todd. I said, I said, get on the piss. <laughs> I, I didn't mean not literally over and drink, drink, drink your, your piss. piss. <laughs> What? <laughs> Poor Toddy. All he was trying to do is give the fans what they want. So that's the uh, that's the holy grail of um, 
So that's Tokani's story. I don't know if anyone can beat that, and I don't want this to become a challenge to regular players <laughs> to beat it. Um, but although I say that, but in some ways, I'd rather you piss in your own mouth than somebody else's. Uh, yeah, but also like grope an underage girl. Oh, well, yeah, there are worse things you could do. Um, I mean, the only victim of Todd Carney pissing in his mouth is Todd Carney. Uh, yes. Apparently, the club sponsors didn't take it that way, and they thought that it kind of tarnished their brand to have their name on the front of a player who decides to piss in his mouth. Yeah. Obviously not the re- obviously not the sign of somebody who makes good decisions. Not ideal. So uh, they basically gave the club an ultimatum that either you get rid of Todd Carney or we'll pull that sponsorship. Yeah. And apparently, Todd didn't get his nineteenth chance. Instead, Todd got the sack. You can only move to France and start playing where they're happy to let you piss in your own mouth. Do whatever you want. Piss on the floor, piss on people in casinos. And ironically, the word for yes You you don't have to go to Goulburn if you live in France. No. No. And the word for yes in France is we. we. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon that's a pretty good note to end it on, don't you think? Yeah. Well, that was was an eye-opening episode of... (laughs) taboos mainly because we actually discussed a shitload of taboos yeah yeah um i don't like rugby league any more than i did before but i still have a soft spot for it. <laughs> it still tickles me in a way that i just will never it's understand. the grand underdog of australian sports uh yeah okay it is it doesn't and have, that's not only because you have it doesn't the have the north shore high class support of rugby union no it doesn't have the diehard support that AFL has in Melbourne. Just Jürgen reckons it's an underdog sport. It's just a bunch of battlers getting out there and giving <laughs> it their best. And then they want a couple of beers afterwards. Um, and who knows what might happen? You might light a kid on fire. You might you might shit in your mate's shoe. Is it too shoe. much to ask to stick you your might, fingers in a girl that you've never met before? Is it really? You might... Can... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's hard to defend sometimes. It is really hard to defend. Oh, I still love it. Yeah, okay. Fair I still each, love it. Each to their own. I, um, so now that we've got two listeners, I wonder if, there's we, a, yeah. if, if either of those two, two listeners would like to write in with some topics that they'd like to hear about next week, we'd be happy to uh, have a chat about them. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, not particularly. Um, no? No. That was a... Um, yeah, I've got nothing to say. Really. I hope everybody's learnt a little bit. It's now quarter past eight. The footy will just be starting. No, so, uh, <laughs> with any luck, by so, tomorrow morning. We'll but remember, guys, those eighty minutes they're on the field. It's usually their best behave eighty minutes of the week. <laughs> yeah. And the eighty minutes afterwards, oh god, lock up your daughters, lock up your wives. So, guys, beware of rugby league players in the preceding week, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, um, as always, log on to our various forms of social media to uh, just. Send in your suggestions. Send your letters. Give us topics that you want yeah, to hear about. Maybe some confessions or just say hello. Um, and uh, check out our website, taboospodcast.com, Taboos Podcast on Facebook. And uh, we'll thanks, see you next week. Thanks for being with us. Cheers, guys. Bye. You.